Hey everyone, welcome to The Prodigal Daughter. I'm your host, Elaine Johnston, and you're listening to episode number six. In this episode, I am reviewing all of the books that I read for 2019. I'm sharing what I loved about the books, what I learned from the books, and which ones were my favorite to read. But before we dive into all of that, I want to first welcome you to the show. Whether you're a new listener or you've been with me from the very beginning, I want to thank you for hanging out with me this week as I share my experiences and we just get to do this thing together. If you wouldn't mind leaving an honest review of the show, your feedback helps me better serve this community as well as getting this podcast into the ears of the women who want to become the best version of themselves possible. Also, I want to invite you to the Prodigal Daughter community. If you're looking for a place to link arms with other women and feel empowered, talk about goal setting and reaching our dreams, or just looking to incorporate a healthy routine into your daily life, I want to welcome you to the community in which you can find in the show notes below. Now, let's get right into my book review for 2019. Everything you desire to be and do is already in you, just waiting to be let out. You have dreams, you have goals, and your passion is desperate to run free. You are woman, and you can be everything you desire. I'm Elaine Johnston, and I created this podcast and community to walk hand-in-hand with women just like you to help you break away from all the societal stigmas and to give you the tools you need to achieve your dreams. Through the power of meditation and a positive mindset, you can manifest the person God created you to be. After all, she's already inside you just waiting to be let out. It's time to come back home to you. You're listening to The Prodigal Daughter. Okay, everyone. So the first book that I read this year was Love Wins by Rob Bell. If you don't know who Rob Bell is or what this book is about, honestly, it has had so much flack behind it because the general consensus of this book is questioning hell and what God's love really looks like. I know that's such a heavy topic to dive into at the beginning of a new year, but it's a topic that's very needed and something that a lot of people question and talk about. Especially with uh, my husband and I, we also run a podcast, The Reckless Pursuit, a safe place for Christians to ask unsafe questions. And this topic gets brought up a lot, um, especially in regards to deconstruction, questioning faith, questioning religion, and, and dealing with doubts and all of that stuff. And so I just I was really excited to read this book. I remember, though, whenever this book came out quite a few years ago, a lot of pastors and church leadership kind of wrote Rob Bell completely off. And I remember Rob Bell being such a huge like figurehead with church and and Christian leadership. And I remember watching 
his old NUMA videos on YouTube and just really enjoying his teaching style and the way he um, shares stories and talks about God and in different metaphors and then sharing experiences. And then as soon as this book came out or as soon as his beliefs or questions about hell and religion started, whenever he started becoming more vocal about these issues, I remember it was like everyone was against him. Everyone was against his work and everything that he stood for. I didn't really understand because I wasn't really, I didn't really know a whole, whole lot about Rob Bell. Like I said, I remember watching his videos on YouTube. But other than that, I didn't really know anything about him. I didn't know about anything about his ministry or his work. And just kind of was like, took it at face value. It was like, okay, so he has false doctrine. He's a bad person, whatever. Never really thinking anything about it. I was also a teenager at the time. So I just, I don't know. I just wasn't super interested at the time. But I remember a lot of people talking about this book last year and how Rob Bell was such a huge figurehead in their life. And especially when it came to deconstruction and questioning faith. So I absolutely loved this book. I learned so much. I felt like I highlighted so much of this book. I actually read it on my Kindle and it just was such a profound book and honestly paved the way for a lot of conversations Cody and I had on our other podcasts and just conversations outside of the podcasting world and and on Facebook and meeting new friends and stuff and just sharing their perspectives. And I know that this book just challenged the way a lot of people thought and for me too, but in a, in a positive way and just, I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to read more from Rob Bell. The second book that I read this year was 101 Secrets for Your 20s by Paul Angoni. This was such a phenomenal book. Last Christmas, I don't know what compelled my brother to gift me this book, but I'm so, so glad that he did. And honestly, I tell people that it's titled 101 Secrets for Your 20s, but really it's just a 100 Secrets for Life. Any person of any age could get so much out of this. And it's not even the fact that it's secrets or things that we don't even know. Most of this book was things I already knew, but in a different perspective or in a different way. And you know how it is whenever there's an idea that you've thought about or you've heard and you've never really like challenged it or thought about it. But then once somebody else told it back to you, it was just a complete new perspective. It just really resonated with you. And so a lot of these things really resonated with me. And it's so cool because Paul Angoni was actually someone that Cody and I interviewed on The Reckless Pursuit and is honestly my favorite interview to date, my favorite conversation we ever had on the podcast. And it's because he was so honest and talking about the questions that he had for life and the things that he struggled with and still struggles with. And I remember there was, um, I don't remember what number secret it was, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but something that was so profound to me was knowing when your sad season is over, knowing when to pick up the pieces and try to start anew. And he had said something about analogy of having like a music playlist full of sad songs, whether it's Bonnevere or... I don't know, sitting color, just, you know, a bunch of artists that have really sad music that put you in that, you know, kind of feelings type of mood. And we can get so obsessed with the feeling of sadness and depression and that we crave it. And so, and it, there's a season for being sad. There's a season for dealing with things, but also knowing when that sad season is over and starting fresh. 
So I absolutely loved, loved this book. And shout out to my brother for randomly gifting me this book for Christmas last year because honestly, it's something that I will definitely reread again. The third book that I read this year was Uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst. So I got this book because I heard so many people talk this book up and talk about how it completely changed their perspective on life and and how God spoke to them about it. And honestly, I didn't really know a whole, whole lot about Lisa Turkhurst. Um, I had never read anything else she had ever written before. I've never watched any interviews of her or anything. So I went into this book blindly. And although it was a great book, very well written, and the fact that she shared her experiences and was real and raw and honest, I absolutely loved that. But the specific story behind the book didn't really resonate with me because it's about living loved when you feel less than, left out, or lonely, and talking about marital issues that she had or different um, situations that she had as a kid where she felt lonely and, and didn't feel loved and felt uninvited into things and stuff. And while all of us can relate to that on some level, this book didn't really resonate with me, didn't really speak to me, and that's completely okay. There's nothing against the book, nothing against Lisa. Absolutely would recommend this to anybody who has felt that loneliness in their life and really needs a pick-me-up, really needs to feel like, hey, you're not alone. If anybody needs that message of, hey, you're not alone, especially for women, this book would be a great book. It just personally didn't speak to me, but that's completely okay. So another book that I read this year was Jesus Loves Movies by Phil Strangalagali. This is a super fun, interesting, cool book. It's a short, easy read, and it's about how God or Jesus can be found in everyday life. It's a 30-day devotional for film fans and how you can find God even in the scary movies. Yes, even in the scary movies. God is where we are at. God cares about what we are passionate about. God is in the entertainment world, all of this stuff. And what's really cool and neat about this book is that Phil, we actually, Cody and I actually interviewed Phil on our podcast, The Reckless Pursuit as well. And it was just really neat to sit down with him and talk about this book and what led him, what inspired him, just his story on how the message was profound of God meets us where we're at. And God is passionate about the things that we're passionate. God cares about the things that we care about. And one chapter in particular that I really enjoyed was about the movie Wonder Woman that came out a few years ago and just the female empowerment message. And I won't ruin it for you, but it was a super cool chapter. And I absolutely loved this book. Okay, y'all. I've been waiting all year to talk about this book. Girl, stop apologizing. If you don't know this by now, Rachel Hollis is my girl. Like seriously, shout out to Rachel. I just love everything that Rachel stands for. Like I said, I love female empowerment and women leadership and standing up and showing up and reaching your goals and all of that fun stuff. So of course, I already knew I was gonna like this book especially because I, I read Girl, Wash Your Face last year and absolutely loved the book, recommended uh, Girl, Wash Your Face to every female, had my mom read it, just all of it, everything was good. So whenever I heard that Girl, Stop Apologizing was coming out and how women need to stop apologizing for the things that they're passionate about, 
Women need to stop apologizing for things that they're not actually sorry for. Women need to stop apologizing for just who they are and actually pursuing the woman that God has created them to be. This book, however, I will say is more strategy and more game plan mapping out your goals and how to reach your goals and which is something that I am super passionate about, think is super cool. But I know a lot of people aren't actually into the systematic type of stuff. Um, and that's more of what this book is. Girl Stop Apologizing is more of a kick in the pants type of book. And Girl Wash Your Face is more of a, hey girl, like take care of yourself, like you're worthy, you're loved kind of affirmation, affirmative book. But Girl Stop Apologizing, absolutely loved. Don't have anything, anything bad to say about this. So probably the most, and I do mean the most profound book that I ever read this year was The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stabile. Y'all, this book not only read my mail, but read everyone else's mail for me. And what I mean by that is it really showed me why people are the way they are, why different people, different personalities clash, why there are, quote, difficult people in our lives and why we get along better with certain people and why people think the way they think, make the decisions that they make, why people are the way they are. And it was my favorite book of the year, honestly, because it was such a profound explanation of who we are. And I loved that there was the Christian aspect of it as well as God is every number. There are nine numbers in the Enneagram. God, God is present in every number and there's no th such thing as a bad number. There's no such thing as a bad personality type and how it talked about the strengths. And I just love this book because it talks about how each number has room to grow and that there's not a better number than the other one or that there's no bad personality type. There's no bad way to think about a problem. It talks about the, um, quote, deadly sin or the thing that each number kind of needs to look out for. It kind of talks about our strengths and, and kind of about our weaknesses and just how to become the best version of ourselves possible, as well as how we are all more connected than we even realize. So up until this year, I had never heard of Brene Brown. And honestly, I wish I would have because I absolutely love Brene Brown, everything she stands for, whether it comes to vulnerability or community or having the tough conversations and being brave, all of it, all of it is so, so good to me. So I, when I read Dare to Lead this year, it really changed the way that I saw leadership. It changed the way I saw community, again, vulnerability, being honest with each other, having the hard conversations, whether that means you are having a hard conversation with somebody at work or your friends or your family. And I think it was a great transition from the Enneagram book that I read to this one. And so the Enneagram book, The Road Back to You, was how people lead. Um, and I mentioned how people lead based on their personality type. Then I went straight into Dare to Lead. And so kind of reading it from the different perspectives that I had previously read. And I am so excited to read even more of Brene Brown. As soon as I finished this book, I literally just researched Brene Brown. All, this th all the things that she did, all the books that she wrote. I found a Netflix special 
where it's a little documentary of one of her talks that she had. And oh my gosh, like I absolutely loved it. And I just, I immediately followed her on all social, just the stuff that she brings to the table. She's so, I wouldn't even necessarily say energetic, but she's so honest and real, but so positive, always looking at the positive aspects of any situation, any hard conversation. I found a uh, podcast episode that I'll link in the show notes below of an interview that she had with Russell Brand. And it was a very interesting episode to say the least, but I absolutely loved it. So another book that I read this year was Play Bigger. And there are four authors, Al Ramadan, Dave Peterson, Christopher Lockhead, and Kevin Maney. And the only, only reason why I got this book was because Rachel Hollis had it on her to be read list on uh, one of her Instagram stories quite a few months back. And I was like, ooh, that sounds good. I like that. Play bigger. And it says on the title, how rebels and innovators create new categories and dominate markets. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really going to get into this book. So this book was an actual total bummer for me. That that sounds so bad. Like I applaud them for writing this book. Like it it's a great book. But it was very dude and broy type of book which we you wouldn't expect because the book is pink and white and black. You wouldn't expect a bunch of surfer dudes to be talking about strategy and dominating markets and everything. And so whenever I first got the book, I was so excited about this. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, like, go big or go home, like, play bigger. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to be innovative. And I'm going to be, I'm going to rebel. And I'm going to just be the best and everything. The more I read this book, I was like, what if it's not about dominating other people? That's, That's such a scary word. The more I thought about it, I was like, dominating. I wouldn't want to be dominated, like, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me. This book, out of all the books that I read, it was, I I think, the least, I wouldn't say favorite because it's not even a favorite, but just I, I did not enjoy reading this book. And it's very, very systematic. And like I said, I'm all about strategy and accomplishing your goals and everything, but, and thinking differently and seeing new perspectives, but I honestly like skimmed through a lot of this book because I really did not enjoy the book. And I know it's weird. A lot of people are like, so why would you read it? Why would you continue reading it? Because I like to give books and authors um, the benefit of the doubt. If I don't like it in the first few chapters, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to like it at all. And while this book did have really good things to say, I'm not completely dogging on this book. I feel like there is good stuff in this book. And I learned a lot about different businesses, different corporate markets and, and how businesses like Google or Amazon or Uber became to be just the backstories behind those businesses. Those are very interesting things that I had never even like realized before research thought of whatever and how people thought differently. So I will, there are good things in this book. It just, I did not enjoy reading this book. And If you read this book and you absolutely love it, more power to you. I'm excited for you, but it was just not a book for me. So I have to be honest about another book that I read this year. And when I say honest, I mean, I only read half of it. 
And I found it the Christmas before when I was in Barnes & Noble looking for different gifts and d- different books. And it's called The Disordered Mind, What Unusual Brains Tell Us About Ourselves by Eric R. Kendall. And he's a winner of the Nobel Prize in Psychology and Medicine. And when I first picked this book up, it was a very heavy book. And it's not even that big of a book. It's just very thick. And when I saw the cover, I mean, it's very simple. It's just boxes. When I um, first saw this book, I was like, man, I miss psychology. I was a psychology major in, in college and graduated with a degree, with an undergraduate degree in psychology. And I just love everything about it. I think it's so fascinating. And this book was more about, about diff- different brain disorders, such as autism or schizophrenia, and how they have decision-making and how they think. And there was different aspects of creative art. And as much as I love psychology, as much as I love learning about different personalities and different ways people think about life and go about life and just the science behind it, I was kind of bored with this book, to be honest. And that's not to say that it was a bad book. I mean, it was very informative, talked so much about different, like I learned a lot about different brain disorders and stuff and and learned a lot about different spectrums and and how um, different people see the world. But it was very heavy, very psychological. And when I mean by psychological, I mean big words and just kind of, I feel so bad for saying this, but I fell asleep a couple times reading it. And like I said, it's not to say that there isn't good information, not to say that it's a bad book. I mean, I actually want to pick it up and finish it. It's just not the book that I thought was going to be. And yeah. That's really all I have to say because honestly, I can't do a good review of this book because I didn't finish it. But since I did get halfway, I will say I did learn a lot. It's just very heavy and not something that I would just read casually. Another book that I read this year was Not Forsaken by Louis Giglio. I absolutely love Louis Giglio. I have seen him at conferences several different times and just love every lesson that he taught and every analogy and metaphor and just experience that he shared with his life and just really enjoyed listening to him speak. And so when I saw that he was coming out with this new book, Not Forsaken, I was like, okay, like I'm interested in this book. And I was actually dealing with some stuff mentally and emotionally that was like, okay, So I feel like I need to read this book. And if you don't know what it's about or don't know who Louis Giglio is or whatever, this book is about recognizing that you are a son or daughter in Christ and the love that God has for you, specifically being the father figure in your life. If you don't have a father figure in your life or you had a very estranged relationship with the father figure in your life or even never meeting one, regardless of having a negative relationship with either a present or absent father. And I read this book having an idea of what I thought it was going to be about. And it didn't really talk about, and this this isn't a problem with this book at all, because that's not what the purpose of the book is. But it didn't really talk about how to deal with having hard conversations with parents while having a good relationship, because I have a good relationship with my parents, We all have different things that we need to work on with our parents, different conversations, different hard topics that we kind of need to hit and just drama, just normal family drama and stuff. And 
this book was very much about people who don't have father figures in their life and what to do when you don't have one. And this is something that I'll come back to at a later time. But growing up, my biological father was only in my life for a couple years up until I was five. My mom and him got a divorce. And shortly after that, my mom remarried. And that's the dad who raised me. That's the father who raised me. I never considered him my stepdad. Like I said, I'll get into this at a later time. But whenever I was 18, I took his last name and just had an overall good relationship with him. So I could kind of see both sides of not having a father figure, but also having a father figure. So I kind of felt like I almost lived a double life, mostly in my childhood, um, because I, I have felt the sting and the pain and the loneliness of having who is, quote, supposed to be my father figure, but also having someone fill that role that was supposed to be my father figure and is my father figure. But it didn't really talk about, like, how to deal with drama while you have a good relationship or how to deal with different conversation, needed conversations that are kind of rocky. It didn't really talk about how to deal with conflict in certain perspectives. And so, again, this book was not really for me, but oh my gosh, I could see how this book could be completely beneficial for those who are struggling in that area. And so I do recommend this book. I just, it did not resonate with me as much as I had hoped it would. So this next book that I read was very random. I randomly picked it up at Barnes & Noble after someone had said how it really impacted their life. It's a very short book, very small read, could easily be read in a couple hours, if not in a shorter time, just depending on how fast of a reader you are. But seriously, like, should not take you more than a day to read this. And it's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it's a very interesting book. And I, I really enjoyed reading this book. And I know interesting can have like a weird connotation depending on how you say, it, but I honestly really enjoyed this book. It wasn't necessarily monumental or profound in my life and specifically regarding spirituality, but it did talk about obviously <laughs> the four agreements about how to become free in life and how not to let people's opinions rule your life. And I'll just share the four agreements with you. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. And so at face value, those aren't very profound things. But whenever you really dive into what those look like, when you start reading the book, you're like, holy crap, like this actually speaks to me on a deeper level than I ever realized. And like I said, this is a very short, easy, small book to read, but it will change your mindset on a few things. It will give you a new, fresh perspective, and that's what I loved about this book. I don't know if you can tell a common theme between some of the books that I chose this year, but it should come as no surprise that whenever I saw Successful Women Think Differently by Valerie Burton, that I would immediately snatch it and immediately start it when I got home. I remember being in the middle of Barnes & Noble and saw the title and, and just knew immediately that that's exactly the book that I wanted to read. Didn't sort through it, didn't look through it, didn't research the author or anything, just bought it and went home and started it. So there's a couple of different things that I didn't know about this book. One was that not only is it a book, but it's also a workbook. 
throughout the different chapters, there's questions to answer and reflection. So I absolutely love that because it really drives home the message of each chapter and makes you think differently. See what I did there? But literally, like it makes you think differently about what you read. It allows you to put it into action and makes it real for you. And also, I did not realize that the author was a Christian. So I think it was super cool that she even added scripture throughout the book. But it was more focused on habits and daily routine and just incorporating different things into your lifestyle to literally make you think differently about your actions and what that looks like. And I just remember circling a whole lot of quotes. I'm like, yep, this applies to my life. Yep, this is good. Okay. So I highly recommend this book. So I have another book that was randomly gifted to me this year. Shout out to my friend, Mark Crandall, who is the host of Purpose Chasers. So he had gifted us Creating Money by Sanaya Roman and Dwayne Packer. And this book literally changed my entire perspective on money and drawing in what it is exactly that I want. It has a lot of meditative practices and just calling in vision casting, whatever you want to call it, literally just creating, manifesting money into your life and not money to be selfish with, but money that makes a difference and how to make a difference in other people's lives as well. And that there's always more to go around. There's, there should never be this hoarding mentality and a a fixed mindset where there's not enough to go around because there is. And that doesn't just apply to money. That applies to energy, love, life, giving, whatever. Like there is abundance. And this literally changed my perspective on the power of manifestation and the law of attraction and all of those things that it just really put money into perspective. So again, shout out to Mark. Thank you for getting us this book. Another book that I read in 2019 is Clearing Emotional Clutter by Donald Altman. And this book is a great book about being mindful of yourself, being mindful of your emotions, being mindful of your decision-making, letting go of blockages and barriers and negative boundaries, and just really understanding ourselves on an emotional level. Like I'd mentioned previously, I am an Enneagram type four and type four strive and thrive on emotions. And so whenever you have negative emotions that you need to clear, when you have emotional clutter that you need to clear, when you have baggage that you need to rid yourself of, there's a weight that is lifted when you are capable of letting go of the things that no longer serve you, that no longer give you joy or life. So this book, I would highly recommend reading this book, especially if you are dealing with a lot of negative energy and a lot of uh, baggage that you have, whether it's from unhealthy relationships, unhealthy mindsets, traumatic experiences, whatever it is that you need to let go of. This is a great book that really puts it into perspective. Another book that I read this year is Lies We Believe About God by William Paul Young. 
And if you think that his name sounds familiar, you are correct. He actually wrote the book, The Shack, which I've never read the book. I've never seen the movie, but I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on both. I, for one, really enjoyed this book. For me, I will say personally, it was a great reminder of things that I already knew, but this book would definitely help some people who have a lot of questions or negative understanding of who God is, of God's love, or if they're dealing with things that they were taught that doesn't resonate with them, that doesn't give them life or joy, this is a good book. But for me, it was just a reminder of things that I already knew. There was a couple times I was like, oh, like that hits, that hits me. That That's great. That, that gets me emotionally. Like I feel that that's profound. But for the most part, this book was just a really good refresher on the things that I already knew, but I would I would recommend this book to anybody who is dealing with doubt or questioning, whether it's faith or religion or church or God, you're deconstructing or reconstructing a lot of things in your faith walk and spiritual journey. I know a lot, a lot, a lot of people personally who, who God really spoke to them through this book and really revealed his true character of his love that he has for his creation. So another book that I read this year was Own Your Every Day by Jordan Lee Dooley. And I really, really enjoyed this book. Jordan is actually somebody that I really just started following on Instagram just a few months ago. And whenever I saw that her book was coming out, I knew that I wanted to read it. I felt like just the entire I loved the title of the book and just everything that Jordan posts is super uplifting. And so I knew that I needed to grab a copy and read it. And honestly, I'm so glad I did. I love how she just talks about how literally owning your every day, doing the work that it takes every single day and focusing on the things that you were called to do, the things that you were made for and not worrying about what other people think of you and not allowing other people's opinions to stunt your growth. So I highly, highly recommend this book. And I honestly cannot wait to see when her next book comes out because it is that good. And finally, the last book that I read this year was Becoming Michelle Obama. So if you know me at all, you would know that I absolutely cannot stand politics. I hate talking about politics. I just despise how it makes people act. I just, to me, politics always ends in a negative conversation, negative experience. I've never felt a joy or enjoyment from talking about politics or learning about politics. Politics is just very nasty and schemy and just I I just don't have a positive outlook on politics. However, I know a lot of people really enjoyed this book. And because of me not liking politics, I never really paid attention much to politics, especially whenever uh, Barack Obama was in office, mostly because I was a teenager and a young adult. I wasn't even a voting age. And so I didn't really care even. I feel like now I have a different perspective and understanding of like, hey, like, There is an importance to learning and understanding and doing your own research. But as a teenager, I really could not care less. 
like I think I was in fifth or sixth grade whenever he came into office. So honestly, like a 12 year old, like I had no idea. I didn't really care. I had better things to worry about. But I know a lot of people really enjoyed this book. And I was like, hey, you know what? I don't really know much about the Obamas. I don't really know much about the family or Michelle even as being a former first lady. So I wanted to just understand her story and her journey and really dig into that. So I actually really did enjoy this book. I enjoyed learning more about her story, her experiences, even before she ever met Barack Obama, Under learning more about her childhood and her school experience and becoming an adult woman and what that looked like for her, what that meant for her. So I really enjoyed this book. Okay, guys, so I know that was a lot of books to go over. And honestly, I wish I would have been able to dive even deeper into each specific one, but I know your time is precious and valuable and I didn't want to waste any more of your time. If any of these books, if you have read any of these books, first of all, I would love to know your experience or if you plan on reading any of these books, I would love to know just your perspective and and if they resonated with you, if they spoke to you, what you learned from, what your favorite books are, even if it's not on this list. And I will have every single one of these books in the show notes below if you decide to purchase one of the books and where to find them. And I will also link to the two interviews that Cody and I did with Paul Angoni, author of 101 Secrets for Your 20s, as well as Phil Strangagali, author of Jesus Loves Movies. Also, I wanted to take note that this is the last episode of 2019. This is the last episode of The Prodigal Daughter for 2019, but I am not going anywhere. I plan on starting 2020 off with a bang, and I am so excited for the new year. And if it's still the Christmas season, whenever you're listening to this episode, I hope you enjoy your holidays. I hope you enjoy time with your friends and family. And as we dive into this new year, happy new year. Thanks for joining me this week on The Prodigal Daughter. If you would, please rate and review the show. This helps reach listeners like you who want to chase after their God-given callings and dreams. Also, if you have a girlfriend, sister, or any other woman figure in your life who would benefit from the show, feel free to share this on. The Prodigal Daughter is more than just a podcast. It's also a community where we can continue conversations like this one and link arms with the women around us as we reignite the fire from within. Find the Prodigal Daughter community on Facebook. Of course, you can find all of the details of this week's episode, links to our community, and more in the show notes. You can also visit theprodigaldaughter.com for even more podcast episodes and all of my blog posts. Until next time, go and be great today and every day.